Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. We are around the horn style today, ladies and gentlemen. We got three others in the house today. Hey, what's up, Liam? Hey, Liam. Thanks for having me on your first around the horn style podcast. What's up, Liam? All right, all right. We've got Connor Adsgary, Jay West, and Will Arnton in the house today. And on today's episode, we've got our top 10 active shooting guards and quarterbacks. We'll start with the shooting guards. Connor, why don't you start out? Uh, at number 10, I think I'm going to have to go with a, uh, a rising newcomer, which I'm uh, pretty excited about, uh, Harris LeVert from the Brooklyn Nets. He's, uh, he's definitely been there for, for the Nets while uh, you know, their two stars have been out for, for the season. So uh, I definitely see him ha- having a, a greater role, especially coming uh, if the season returns or uh, next season when, uh, when KD will be back. Uh, I think he'll be a great option for them, and uh, looking forward to it. As well as Kyrie, too. He'll be back, too. Uh, yes. Yeah, I got to agree with you there, Connor. I got LaFert as my number 10. He had that gruesome leg injury just last year, I think, and he's really come back this season really strong. He's averaging 17.7 points, and his three-point shots uh, coming together, shooting a career-high 38% from three. I think once his, the two stars in the Nets come back, I think he's a guy that doesn't really need the ball to score. So I think he's going to really improve his – well, not improve his game, but he's going to be a real, real big help to the Nets offensively and defensively. Um, my number 10 is Jalen Brown. I feel like he really hasn't really proved himself like people expected him to be early in his career. But the shooting guard position I feel like is the weakest position in the NBA, and he's at least a decent role player who can – who's athletic and can play some defense. So, I mean, he at least deserves to be number 10 since he's one of the top three players in Boston, even though he's not awesome. I'll talk more about Brown later. So the thing that kept Levert off my list, Jay and Connor, is the inconsistency. There are some games where he will score seven at most, and then other games he'll drop 50 off the bench out of nowhere against the Celtics, leaving them back from a 30-point deficit. That was a tough game. And my number 10 is another player that dealt with a gruesome leg injury, and that is Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers. When he was traded from OKC to Indiana for Paul George, people were thinking, oh, OKC won the trade. This is game over for Indiana. But that in the Oladipo's first year, they pushed LeBron James and the Cavs to seven games. And Indiana was a top team in the East once he went down last year, and now that he's back, once he gets a little more time to get back into the flow of things, Indiana was doing very well without him. So I think that they could make a run at the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially, if Old Deep can get that game back. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because my number nine is act, actually Victor Oladipo. Um, if you talked to me a season ago, or maybe two seasons ago, on where I would rank uh, Oladipo, I'd probably put him a little bit higher just because of his um, kind of his, his breakout years. And um, I, I always thought he was going to be a uh, – basically basically I thought he was going to be more of a Donovan Mitchell uh, before Donovan Mitchell even came to the league. Um, 
so um so i that's that's what i'm i'm going with as my uh number nine he's he's definitely he still has the improvement and or he still can improve to a point where he'll be at a higher ranking but he just really hasn't taken off as he should have at indiana and we'll have to see where he goes Granted, the injury did play a part in that decline of a little depot, Connor. You have to keep that in mind. All right, so I will go ahead and name my number nine. Is a guy Will talked about earlier, and that is Jalen Brown. I mean, I honestly think it's crazy that Brown is so underrated when he is averaging 20 points per game as the number three option on the Boston Celtics. I mean, as a team full of young stars, Tatum, Walker, Brown, Hayward, a veteran among them, and yet he's averaging 20 points per game. He's finally starting to reach his full potential, which, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving kept him from in past years. And ultimately, I think that if he continues to work on his game, he can up it to 25 in the future. Kevin maybe take a step down. Tatum and Brown, 25 points per game annually. So, my number nine, I'm going to go with CJ McCollum. The reason he's so kind of low on my list is because he hasn't really become a primary ball handler or playmaker for his teammates. He only He's only averaging 4.3 assists, which is decent, but it's not elite or anything like that. And plus, Damian, Damian Lillard makes his job a lot easier, so he's a great prime, he's a great scorer, but that's about it for me, and his defense is just not one of the best. So that's why he's kind of low on my list, but he's still a great player. Um, for my number nine, I'm going to have to go with Zach Levine. While he is an elite scorer and can be a primary ball handler for his team, he lacks defensive skills and can't seem to carry his team to more than about 25 wins a year. So while he's a great individual offensive player, he's not a superstar that carries team to the playoffs. Um, okay, so my... Uh, my number eight will be C.J. McCollum, and uh, hitting on a lot of the same points Jay hit on. Um, of course, last season, at last postseason, he really exploded. Um, it was a it was a big part for them. But at the same time, he uh, he really needs Damian Lillard to be at his side for him to be effective, and um, that's going to hinder him on uh, the list of the top shooting guards. I mean, yeah, it hinders him on my list, too. He's also my number eight. I mean, looking at his stats, 22.5 points per game, four assists, but as Will mentioned earlier, his defense is lackluster at best, and he really wouldn't be able to operate to the level that he does operate without Damian Lillard, one of the best point guards in the game. We'll talk more about him next week, more on that later. And honestly, if he can improve his defense, he'll be a number one option, but... I don't see Lillard or McCollum leaving Portland anytime soon. Yeah. So, my number eight, I'm going to have to go with Zach Levine. He's actually one of my favorite players, and I like his shot at 2K. His three-point percentage is always steadily improving every year, 38% this year. And he's starting to get a little bit better as a passer also, as his assists keep going up in his career. But he can't really lead a team, like Will said, 
and his teams never win more than 25 games. So, so it's got to be something with his defense or something like that to make him just – he's just not an elite shooting guard right now. Will, we are having... Will, we cannot hear you. Hello? Yeah, alright, now we're good. Will, who's your number eight? Um, for my number eight, I'm going to have to go with someone that I'm guessing none of you have picked, and that's Buddy Heald. Yeah, I, I see him as uh, up-and-coming Ray Allen. He's one of the best shooters in the league already, already averaging about 20 points per game early on in his career. I see him in the future carrying the Kings to a playoff run. I feel like they're just on the border of that when they have Bagley and Heald getting a couple more years in, maturing. I see him as being the star player on a, on a conference finals team in the Kings. You say conference well, finals for the Sacramento Kings? Yes. Him, don't De'Aaron forget Fox, about and Bagley. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox. Hey, De'Aaron Fox was a Coach Beggs boy back in middle school. Don't forget about the rumors, though, that he could be traded to the Lakers. The Lakers were looking. I think uh, there's no way they're not. The, the Sacramento Kings are not trading Buddy Hield. No. And the the reason why I didn't have Buddy Hield on my list is because uh, while I definitely think he's the top, ten, he has the top ten potential of a shooting guard. Right now, I just don't see him in that category of elite shooting guards. And neither uh, do I, frankly. I see him uh, as already a good shooting guard, but his, I see his potential as being so high as the top three shooting guards. So I got to put him on this list. All right. All right. Um, my, my, my number seven is going to cause a little controversy because I put Devin Booker at seven. Um, now, uh, hear me out. I am a big Devin Booker fan. He's been the reason why I've followed the the Suns a little bit in their in their seasons. But to be honest, he can go off in a game, and he still doesn't put enough uh, output to get the Suns a win. And now that says a lot about the Suns' lackluster team. But I don't know. I always thought he was going to be able to uh, inject some kind of energy into his teammates to where they had a chance to, you know, go on a run or something like that. But I just haven't seen enough of him yet to say, like, he's better than a couple players because, uh, frankly, I don't know much about his, like, leadership qualities and his ability to uh, be a quality NBA player. And, of course, I'm cheering for him, and I hope he gets higher on my list in the future. But right now I'm, I'm kind of coming with the hot take with Booker at seven. All right, but keep in mind that the Suns were kind of an up-and-coming team during the regular season. Were they playoff potential? Absolutely not, but we saw some sparks of brilliance. All right, my number seven is a, also a guy that can go off some nights and then just disappear the next, and that is a, the, a man who has been in the news a lot lately, and that is Donovan Mitchell. The man was averaging 24 points per game before he got infected with coronavirus, in part mainly because of Gilbert, but that's a discussion for another day. I mean, the man is only 23 years old. He's already been an all-star. He's already a great scorer. He has the Utah Jazz far higher than anyone expected them to be after Hayward left. And if Mitchell and Gobert can mend the bond that was broken, I think that Utah has a real chance to 
pull off an upset in the playoffs? Uh, for my number seven, I got to go with C.J. McCollum. As you guys already talked about, I mean, he's not a great defender, and he isn't a great ball handler, but he's proven that when Lillard's hurt or is just not playing well, he can take over the team and carry them to wins. So I feel like he's proven himself enough to be a star, and he clearly has elite scoring skills, with it, especially his mid-range game. Yeah, for my number seven, I'm going to go with Drew Holiday. He's kind of having a down year with all the new pieces the Pelicans brought in, but I still think he brings great value defensively and offensively, especially from the mid-range in the, in the three-point line. But I think he's going to have to find a new team this offseason because with those young pieces, he doesn't really fit in as a two-guard next to Lonzo Ball right now currently. So. Lonzo! I don't even count him as a shooting guard. I think he's a point guard. Well, it depends on how you look at it, because when Rondo was with the the Pelicans, he was the shooting guard, but most of his career, he has been a point guard. Is it, is it time for my number six? It is. Yes. I actually am going to follow suit, and I'm going to put Drew Holiday as my, as my number six. Um, to Will's point, he, is, he does act a lot like a point guard, and especially since... Uh, the, the Pelicans have a very interesting uh, dynamic when it comes to their starters and how, how young uh, their team is overall. But um, I, I, definitely, I definitely find him as a, uh, a, an interesting candidate because he definitely can and uh, probably will prove that he uh, can outplay some of the guys I have higher ranked. But at the same time, I always feel like um, – he, he could have one of those games where he just uh, is frustrated because uh, the team might be guarding him a little harder because basically it's him and Zion really as the as the two kind of focal points of uh, the Pelicans' offense. And better teams can get the best of them pretty easily. So uh, we'll have to see where he can go. and But that's why I have him as my number six. Okay, first of all, you're wrong when you said Drew Holiday and Zion are the focal points because you're forgetting one Brandon Ingram, who's averaging 25 points per game over there. My, that is true. My number six is a guy, Connor, you talked about earlier, and that is Devin Booker. I mean, he has shown flashes of brilliance, but he has never quite reached it. 26 points per game, and then I am never going to forget one year in one game in 2017 when he, when the Suns came into Boston, he dropped 70 on us, and albeit we still won the game, but... That, he was the first to drop that many since Kobe dropped 81 in 06. And when you when your name is up there with Kobe, you're doing something right. So I believe that he still has some untapped potential. Will he reach it? That's the, that's another question. Um, before I say my number six, I got to give an honorable mention to Paul George because I didn't realize he was a shooting guard before I made this list. So let's just say he would be a lot... Very high on my list, but I didn't even realize he was Kawhi, a Hey, Kawhi, Kawhi is the small forward in L.A., Will. Yeah, Paul George is still a small forward, though. Um, but for my, for my number six, I got to go with SGA. I feel like he has the most potential of anyone on this list, already averaging 20 points per game in his second year at Oklahoma City. I feel like he's already the focal point of that team, even though he's like 21 years old. And... He's already showed himself to have elite scoring skills, and he's a good defender. He gets quite a few steals. So he could, if, he, if he continues to improve like he has the past two years, I could see him as being an MVP in the next five. 
Yeah, I like SGA, uh, but for my number six, I got to go with Devin Booker also. I think he's just been very solid. He, Even though he's the best player in the Suns, the Suns have never been really that good. And I think it's partly because he can't really be a focal point on a team. He can be a secondary, a great secondary scorer, but he's shown he can't be that, that guy for a team. So that's why he's not higher, but he's averaging elite numbers, 26 and six assists or seven assists, which is great. But his defense is also a liability, which lowers his ranking. All right. Okay, so at number five, I have uh, Donovan Mitchell, who, in my opinion, is has the one of the highest potentials out of the out of the young guys. And of course, we've seen him um, put on some some great shows before, but in his young career. But at the same time. It, He's kind of been limited um, just the way the Jazz uh, offense is. And uh, I, I see him continuing to grow and learn how to be effective in the NBA and uh, with the Jazz, even though he's already uh, a pretty effective uh, shooting guard right now. But uh, I, I see him as definitely being in the top five conversation, and that's why I ranked him at number five. Uh, my number five is a player who hasn't seen a single minute in action this year, and that is Clay Thompson. When he was healthy, he was a very, very, very key piece of the three-time winning, championship-winning Golden State Warriors teams, averaging over 20 points per game on each of those teams. And he is as much of a sniper as anybody in the league. He's also a very good defender, underrated defender, if you ask me. I know Will has been very critical of his game besides three-point shooting in the past. But I personally would... He can't would, do anything else. He can defend. Are you serious? I don't know about that. He, he's one of the you best... Say that to make him look better. He's one of the best 3 and D guys in the league of all time, if you ask me. But that's a discussion for another time. And I think the that when he comes back next year, the Golden State Warriors, with the number one pick, with Steph, with potentially Wiggins and Draymond, will be just as loaded as they were a few years ago. Not as good, but they could don't very... Forget. Don't forget the first overall pick. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it. They could very easily go for an, go after another championship, unfortunately. Well, Liam, I actually have to agree with you on that. I also have Clay as number five. And even though I don't feel like he can do much other than shooting, his shooting is so elite that he was definitely still a top three shooting guard before he got hurt. But we don't know how he's going to be after his injury, so I'm going to keep him as number five. But if he can, if he returns to how he was, he'll be high on Here's my little shakeup. I got Clay Thompson over Paul George, so I have Paul George at my number five. You guys might be shocked, really? but I'm a, I'm a Paul George hater. Paul George? A lot of people. I don't think I'm not a big believer in Paul George. I just think he shoots threes and plays defense like the rest of three D players. But he's still very one of the I say the second best three D player in the league, and. He can sometimes run the pick and roll, so he is definitely elite. So he's my number five. Okay, so my number four. Uh, I've had a I, I have a problem with my two, three, and four as they all uh, they all offer a little tiny bit different uh, sort of play, but they're all kind of, in my opinion, the same. Just I have one player who has a better jump shot, so I'm going to rank him higher, but. At number four, I have uh, Bradley Beal. Um, I, I I keep I keep 
as a as a Rockets fan, it seems like whenever we play them in the regular season, it just he kind of just goes off. I, I don't know. I've been to a couple of Wizards games before, and it it was uh, it was a it's an interesting thing to to see him play. And um, I I put him at number four just because I I value a couple other guys a little higher, and they kind of have a little bit more stardom to them compared to Beal and. Uh, I feel bad for that because uh, him, him and John Wall, uh, formidable duo, but they just really haven't uh, had something else on their team to, to elevate them to where I think they should be. So uh, that's why I have him at number four. Okay, my number four is a guy Jay talked on earlier, and that is Paul George. The aforementioned playoff P only had one game where you could be call him playoff P, and that was game one of the first round in 2018. Other than that, he didn't really do much, or hasn't really done much in the playoffs, but should the season resume, he'll have quite an opportunity to this year, assuming the Battle of LA will actually take place. I mean, Jay talked about him earlier. He, in my opinion, is the second best 3 and D guy in the game behind his teammate Kawhi Leonard. He's a con- He's been a 20-point-per-game scorer throughout his career. He's been a Decent shooter, not elite, but you cannot underestimate the impact he has on the game when he is right. I don't think Kawhi is a three and D player. I think he's a two way player. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, three that's three that's what I meant. He's the Paul George and Kawhi, two best two way players in the game, if you ask me. Oh yeah, I mean Kawhi can score at all three levels. Paul George pretty much just threes, but. Okay, is it is it time for my so, third? No, Jay will got him my fourth. That's my fourth. So I'm going with Clay Thompson with my fourth. I think his defense is extremely underrated, and also every time he shoots the ball, it goes in. It's I've seen him play against the Rockets in the playoffs three or four times. It goes like, and every time he takes a shot, it's one of the most deflating feelings because you know it's gonna go in, and then three more of those exact same shots are going to follow right after. Because when he hits them, he hits them in just triplets and quadruplets and stuff. And you're down by 12 points all of a sudden. It's just one of the hardest things to play against. And then on the other end, he shuts down. He doesn't shut down James Harden, but he makes his life pretty tough. So he's my number four and the best 3D player, 3D player in the league. I mean, yeah, he has knocked out the... uh... Rockets four out of the past five seasons. That is correct. I think him more so than Curry. Uh, for my number four, I gotta go with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I feel like he is more of a team leader than anyone on this team. I feel like he brings the most energy of anyone on here. I feel like he's the most vocal. So I feel like that that quality helps get his team wins. And he's also, I mean. He's an elite scorer. He averages like 25 a game, but his shooting isn't great. It's a little inconsistent. So I feel like he'd be higher on the list if he could shoot. But he's also a pretty good defender. So I feel like he's decent at everything, enough to where he's a top five player at his position. But he has a lot to improve on. Getting back to Jay's point and to kind of talk about something that Will was talking about, Donovan Mitchell lacking. Um, I, I have to go with Clay Thompson with his with his three point shot. It's just 
I, I don't know what it is, but he can't miss at times. And, I mean, I think about those quarters in the regular season where he's uh, – I, I don't know how many points he scored, but he set the, the, the corners, uh, a quarter scoring record. Um, he's an absolute, like, like animal when he's on. And so that's why I have to put him at number three, um, just because he's he, – he might be – he could be the greatest player on the court uh, even with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant on his team um, last year and, and, and stuff like that. So definitely uh, definitely interesting shooting guard, and I had to put him at number three. Uh, my number three is arguably, and perhaps even, the most underrated player in the game of basketball, and that is Bradley Beal. I mean, come on. It's absurd that he wasn't an all-star. It is. That's just the truth of the matter. The dude is averaging over 30 points per game on a Wizards team with basically nobody with John Wall still probably partying in Cabo, even though he's injured. Can't seem to stay healthy regardless of what he says or does, but that does not stop Bradley Beal from absolutely balling out. And quite frankly, I think that the Wizards should try to trade him because the value they could get in return would be humongous. I mean... You talk about trading him to a to the Dallas Mavericks, for instance, put Luke at the point, they would get four five first round picks, potentially. And that is a lot, just to say the least. And quite frankly, the Wizards have to get their act together if Bradley Beal is going to stay whenever his Supermax expires. But he does not get the respect he deserves. Before I announce my number three, I would like to give an honorable mention to uh, Donovan Mitchell and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think, I didn't put him on my list, but I think eventually they'll be top five shooting guards. But my number three is also Bradley Beal. I kind of compare him to like a little bit worse version of James Harden. He's averaging 30 points per game and six assists, which is very similar to what James Harden's doing currently. And you can't stay healthy, that's correct, but he does... He absolutely just balls out, and he shoots He shoots at a higher clip than James Harden does, which I find very impressive. Uh, speaking of shooting at a high percentage, uh, my number three is Devin Booker, who is one of, he's having one of the most efficient seasons scoring in NBA history, averaging like 27 points while shooting better than 50% from the field. He's absolutely carrying his son's team and is one of the most lethal scorers we've seen in years. Alright, well, to relate to my number three, I can't imagine it was easy for Bradley Beal to live with not being an all-star, but do you know what is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. And with that, we move on to our number two. Will, why don't you give us your number two first, even though I have a feeling all of our one-twos will be the exact same. Um, not all our one-twos are the exact same, because mine's Bradley Beal, who people have already mentioned and um, so uh, oh you didn't I'll go next you didn't you forgot someone will you forgot someone will who, who did I forget Doncic holy wait, shit wait 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 oh, I, I thought I thought Luka Doncic was a Point guard. I yeah, he's, a a he's a shooting yard. He's, he's, he's a shooting yard, and Will just Will just cursed on the air. I thought he was a point he's guard. He's listed as a point guard and small forward. But when I asked Liam, he said, "I believe him to be. Shooting. I believe him to be a shooting guard. I believe him to be a shooting guard." 
interesting. Yeah, well, I guess I left him off my list because I consider him a point guard or a small forward. Um, just the way, just the way he plays. Um, so, so I was wondering what what I missed because I also am like Will, where I'm leaving him off. But Will, go ahead. And... Huh? Go ahead, Will. Did go you, ahead, Will. You just you uh. If you wanted to talk any more about oh, Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley, oh, Bradley Beal. Um, as you mentioned, as Jay mentioned, he's basically a slightly lesser version of James Harden with scoring slightly less and he doesn't have the passing skills but I feel like if he were on a good team if you were traded to a championship contender team I feel like he would have more of an impact than Clay Thompson in the sense that he has more skills that he would bring to that team and help him win Alright, my number two uh, well, amid all that controversy is Luka Doncic my opinion, the number three guy for MVP right now behind Giannis and LeBron. I know you guys probably disagree, but the man is averaging 28, 9, and 9, one rebound and one assist shy of averaging a triple-double, which only Russell Westbrook and Oscar Robertson have done. And the dude is 21 years old. He he was balling out before the league was canceled. I mean, he had a great game in the, the, night, the, the night the league suspended its season. But putting all that aside, if... Once he's, once play resumes, if Doncic can continue to up his game like he has in the past, then Dallas will be a championship contender once again soon. Who do you yeah. go next? I'll go next. So I also have Doncic, and I'm going to tell you right now, even though he's only in his second year and he's one of the youngest players in the NBA at only 20 years old, he's starting to give James Harden a run for his money for best shooting guard. I mean, 2899 is extremely impressive for just a 20-year-old. He's going to be, by year four or five, I could see him averaging a 30-point triple-double almost if he's the primary ball handler on his team. All right, so, so, and i got to say, he's shooting at such a high clip also, almost 50%, 32% for three, which is a little bit low, but he, shoot, he takes a lot of three-pointers. So this man is on the rise, and... He's not going to stop anytime soon. All right, Connor, I don't think you've mentioned your number two yet. I have not. Well, this is this is kind of where I'm going to be able to put Doncic and Paul George in the list at the same time because basically, you know, the NBA has become more of a positionless game than it has in the past. You have, you have um, I mean, you have stretch fours that, you know, uh, five, ten years ago, we'd be like, oh, they're a, they're a shooting guard or a small forward. Um, you have... You have the Rockets playing with, like, no center. So, like, it, this kind of goes to the point where we can't really categorize a guy anymore. Like, we, we always knew Kobe, shooting guard. Like, that that was it. He didn't play any other position. But, like, nowadays you have, I mean, Luka and, and Paul George um, basically playing multiple positions because they're, they're so versatile. But uh, I had Paul George in my original list. I would have had Luka higher if I counted him as a shooting guard. Uh, but just to hit on like a Paul George, uh, Paul George as playing the shooting guard position, I feel could lock down every player on the shooting guard list that I have, just because of his uh, his at times great great play. And uh, I I would I would not want to be going up against him, uh, especially since that Clippers lineup looks so formidable. Um, so that's why I had him at number two. And I have a feeling we're, we're all going to have the same number one, so we might as well just all talk about uh, James Harden. Number one at once. 
There's not much to say. I mean, there's not much to say that hasn't already been said. I mean, he got ro- he's been robbed of two MVPs, if you ask me. He deserves the one he has, and then two more. Three MVPs, yes. Yeah, exactly. he sh- he, yeah, he should have three. He's averaging thirty-four. I mean, all he did was average thirty-six that season. Is that correct? And thirty-six points. And how about the season when Curry won, while only averaging like twenty-three points per game? Well, to be fair, years. the war- to be fair, the Warriors were the best team in the league that year. But at the same time, they also were the maybe the best team of all time. It wasn't just Steph Curry. They in twenty, in twenty, wait, 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 you said the twenty fifteen Warriors were the best team of all time. No, Did no, they no, go seventy three and nine. Nope. Seventy two. Seventy two and ten uh, has a better ring to they, it. They were by far the um, they were by far the best team in the league built wise, and of course they did that through the draft. But then you talk about. Um, you talk about like what it means to be an MVP, and um, I think there's so many different debates on yeah. that because is it the guy coming from the worst the worst team but has been able to carry them, or is it the guy who has uh, like a sensational season in the media or in the press or uh, rise to fame with the fans? Like there's so many different things to take into account for MVP, so that's why it's a little harder to to say like oh yeah. Uh, Steph Curry didn't deserve that MVP, and it should have been James Harden. Of course, like, of course, as a Rockets fan, I feel like James Harden. Uh, Harden had no one on his team, years. and he carried them to the Western Conference Finals. He all he had was but, Dwight Howard, who played half the year. Of course, the Western Conference Finals means nothing to the MVP MVP voting. So it it's all regular season. Okay, and with that, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Ten years ago today, May 9th, Oakland Athletics starter Dallas Braden threw a perfect game against the Tampa Bay Rays. It was the 19th of 23 perfect games in history. Forty years ago, Monday, May, 9, uh, May 11th, at 39 years of age, Pete Rose stole second, third, and home in, a single in, in, a, in the same inning. Stealing one base altogether is difficult enough, and stealing home is nearly impossible. But... The appropriately named Charlie Hustle was able to steal three bases home along with them in one trip around the bases. All right. 37 years ago, Wednesday, May 13th, legendary slugger Reggie Jackson became the first big league hitter with 2,000 strikeouts. Even with his historic home run hitting, Jackson couldn't avoid the Ks. All right. 79 years ago, on Friday, May 15th, the Yankees lost the game 13-1. to Ordinary blowout? Nope. As that game marked the start of history, being the first of the 56 straight games in which Joe, in which Joe DiMaggio recorded a hit. No one has come even close since. I think the longest streak we've seen in our lives has been in the high 20s, so that goes to show. Okay, and uh, Wait, Jackie, our lives. Jackie Bradley. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. had that 29 game one in 2016, but and Whit Merrifield had one of a similar length, but other than that, I can't name any off the top of my head. Okay, on to our discussion about the top 10 active quarterbacks. I expect many differing lists among this right here. So, Will, why don't you start us off? All right, at my number 10, I got to go with the second-year guy, Kyler Murray. He showed flashes of greatness last year, and for a rookie, had pretty fantastic stats. Didn't he have about 3,700 yards passing or something like that? Also had a yep. amount of rushing yards. And now that he has an elite weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, I see him as becoming a top 10 quarterback this coming year. Yeah, I got to right. say, that uh, 
addition of DeAndre Hopkins will help. My number 10 is a guy I may have a little bit of bias towards because he used to don the black, red, white, and blue. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you can give all the credit to the defense that you want to give, but at the same time, you need an elite quarterback if you're going to make the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo did that in his first full year as a starter. I mean, the dude threw for almost 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, completion percentage of almost 70%, even without the best receiver targets, minus George Kittle. And quite frankly, I think that if the Niners continue to build their offense, they can develop into one of the best offenses in the game. All right, my number 10. All right, Tony, you want to go? Yeah, so both of you guys listed uh, my 11 and 12, um, but I, I just have to go with someone who I have a little bit more, uh, I guess, of a bias towards, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the season holds for him. Tom Brady. Um, of course, of course, it's a very interesting number 10 pick because uh, maybe uh, in a lot of ways he's fallen off over the past year, but uh, I, I got to say he's still he's still trucking along and he's going to have a just an absolute monster season I feel like, and also keep in mind he has uh, he has some presence in the ground game with three three rushing TDs last uh, last year he has that uh, that classic QB uh, that. Quick, quick huddle, QB um, dive, or whatever it's called. Quarterback sneak, sneak. Yeah, and um, I just feel like he's one of those guys who will who will get it done no matter what. So that's why I have him at number ten. So my number ten, I'm gonna go with a little bit. I don't think anyone else has him in his top ten, but I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins. You might be surprised, but he's completing seventy percent of his passes this season. And he's not throwing little short passes. He's averaging 38 yards per attempt, which is pretty. It's like a pretty good number. 38 yards per attempt. No, eight yards per attempt. The, uh, the one question I have with Cousins though is now that Stephon Diggs is donning a Buffalo Bills uniform, and Thielen will probably get doubled consistently. Can he replicate it? It's a good question. Also. Most of his big class pass plays came off the play action. Do you remember Matt Schaub, the bootleg play? That was Kirk Cousins' main way of getting big pass plays to Stephon Diggs. So we'll see if he'll be able to replicate his success in the past season. But I think he will be. He's pretty motivated to live up to his mock, live up to his big contract. So I think he's my number 10 for this season. And I must say, Matt Schaub. Now that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yep. A little Star Wars reference, by the way, I had to throw in there. I will go ahead and name off my number nine, a guy that people often don't give a lot of credit to because he throws to arguably the best wide receiver in the game, and that is Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. You can say whatever you want about him and Julio Jones, but... For for the past nine years, from 2011 onward, he has had nine straight seasons of at least 4,000 yards passing with a completion percentage of over 60%. That's not easy to do. It's not. And uh, everyone's going to remember Matt Ryan for 28-3. But at the same time, he has been one of the best regular season quarterbacks in football throughout his career. And... uh Keep in mind, he went to a Boston College back up home in Massachusetts, 
So maybe a little bit of prejudice there, but at the same time, Matty Ice can't can't do much to stop him, especially when he's got Julio Jones going. All right, for my number nine, uh, everyone is going to think I'm crazy for this one, but I got to go with the backup quarterback himself, Jameis Winston. Yeah, we all think you're crazy. Um, so, okay, come on. He may have thrown 30 interceptions, but no one even came close to the amount of deep balls he completed last year either. 5,200 yards, how can we not put someone throwing over 5,000 yards in your top 10? Now that he had LASIK surgery, hey, he might even be better. I feel like if he can control those interceptions, which I feel like the Saints will help him do a lot better than the, than the Buccaneers, I feel like he would be easily a top five quarterback on anybody's list with those stats, with those other stats outside the interception. All right, so do you think that once Breeze retires, whenever that may be, he will take over and for some, to replace Breeze to some extent? Um, I'm not sure if he'll stay in, at the, in with the Saints for that long. I feel like this huh. might just be a gap year for him in a way. Interesting. I think he's the Saints starting QB next, not this year, but the year after. I think it's Breeze last season. Breeze just signed a two-year contract. All right. In three years. James Winston will be the starting quarterback. That's a, that's I mean, he'll definitely be the starting quarterback. That's, that's too long. Yeah, you're right. I think he'll go to a different team. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for my number nine, Wait, is it, is it? Yeah, it's my turn. Uh, for number nine, I actually have um, uh, Kirk Cousins. And, of course, Liam has uh, him off his top ten. But uh, I just feel like there's something about him that uh, is, I feel like, a little underrated because people just want to want to hate on him. I, I Ever since his time in Washington, uh, I just felt like there was always a lot of haters against Kirk Cousins. And... Um, you have to admit he's had some. Uh, he's had a he had a pretty good season last year, and he'll um, he'll he'll keep he'll keep trucking along as long as they keep him stacked with uh, like versatile and uh, dynamic players. And um, of course, that's what that's what most of the QBs on this list need. They need a, a companion uh, wide receiver that's going to be able to um, help them a lot with the um, with creating the the yards after the catch, uh, which is vital to, to most quarterbacks play. So uh, that's why I have Kirk Cousins at my number nine. For my number nine, I'm going with Carson Wentz. He didn't have a great season last year. He did throw for 4,000 yards, but it was just very inconsistent. But you got to put a lot of that to his horrible supporting cast. No, no receivers of his could stay healthy at all. And... Now that this year he got a first-round receiver in Jalen Rager, who might be good as his rookie year, but we don't know. He's kind of a smaller receiver with decent speed, so we'll see. But maybe Alshon Jeffrey comes back healthy. Maybe some other guys come back healthy. Hopefully he's got a better supporting cast. But even with without a supporting cast, during the second half of the season, he played pretty well. And he was able to beat the Cowboys and get a playoff spot. So... If he can win without any good receivers, I think he's going to have a great year this year. 
Right, my number eight is a quarterback that just came off an injured season, and that is Ben Roethlisberger. As much of the credit for his success as you want to give to Mike Tomlin, who, in my opinion, has been the second-best coach in football over the past 20 years behind Belichick. I mean, he's been durable except for that one year. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion and went to the Super Bowl another year, and we saw last year without Big Ben that the Steelers have an excellent supporting cast, yet we're able to come within a game, I think, of a playoff berth. So with the return of Big Ben at quarterback, no more Mason Rudolph, no more Duck Duck Goose Hodges, I think that Pittsburgh will get back to the playoffs this year. Um, at my number eight, I also have Kirk Cousins on my list. I mean... His stats are undeniable. His touchdown to interception ratios, 26 to 6 last year. He had, had a 107 pass rating. And, um, yeah, and I mean, he, he proved himself to be a playoff level quarterback last year, even though they lost early. He didn't play that poorly in that game. And he also has proven that he can manage very whiny baby wide receivers like Stephon Diggs and still be a consistent quarterback and not give in to that sort of pressure. I feel like now that Stephon Diggs is gone, that's actually going to help his game even more. Oh, interesting. At, at my number eight, I have uh, I have uh, Ryan Tannehill. Now, I was thinking about rating him higher, but I'm uh, a little. To be honest, I'm a little worried about this season as uh, more teams have time to uh, combat his. Uh, I guess his breakout season last year, because I mean, we hadn't really seen that from him in the past um, where he was basically just the, the of course uh, you can make a, you can make a argument that he was also helped by, um, by the other players on his offense, but uh, he, he had a breakout, he had a breakout into the season and um, I'm really excited to see what he can do next year. So that's why I'm ranking him number eight. My number eight, I'm going with Tom Brady. I think he's going to have a phenomenal bounce-back season. Now that he actually, he's going to have a much better offensive line with the Buccaneers because they drafted a tackle first round, Christian Wirfs, who's going to be great protecting his right side. And they got a decent left tackle also. Plus, he's got just weapons upon weapons in Tampa Bay just to throw little dink-dunk passes or throw a jump ball to Mike Evans. He's not going to have to, he's not going to have to perfectly placed the ball to his completely covered receivers like he did in New England. So I think he's going to have 4,500 yards maybe. And the one thing that they don't have Tampa Bay is maybe a pass-catching running back, but we'll see if Ronald Jones can step up and be that person. But, yeah, I think he's going to be have a great season this year. All right, so Tom Brady is actually my number seven. And, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. The dude is going to be 40. 43 years old next year, and boy, did he take a downturn last year with only 24 touchdowns, rating of 88, but I give a lot of the blame to the lackluster receivers in the New England Patriots organization. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They tried. They gave Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown second chances, but they struck out on both of them. They traded for Sanu, but it just wasn't enough, and... The young guys, Harry and Myers, just couldn't get it done. But maybe maybe they'll mesh better with the younger QB, Stidham, but I'm not optimistic. So, and I believe that Brady's going to have, 
being the MVP talks this year. Throwing to guys like Evans, Godwin, Gronk. I mean, are you kidding me? This could the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense could arguably be the most loaded we've seen in our eighteen in our eighteen years on this planet. So our first football season in college will be one to watch with Tom Brady with arguably the best offense he's ever had. Um, before I say my number seven, I must emphasize how Tom Brady does not deserve to be in the top ten at all. He is declining every single year, and that's going to continue this year. And yes, he does have a lot of weapons, but he's not even going to be able to use them. He can yeah. barely throw it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He went 12, you can give all the credit to the defense you want, but he went 12-4 and four with that group of receivers. So if you're not trying... Yeah, it didn't make him good, though. He threw a bunch of dink passes. Didn't make him good. He won. He won. I think his arm's still there. I think his arm's still there. I think And his poor performance will redeem Jameis Winston by showing that he was actually better with his weapons than Brady. We'll we'll have to see, because I'm on on Jay and Liam's side, too. But uh, you raise an interesting point about the the, the confusion and the, the lack of certainty with uh, Tom Brady's future. Now, at my number eight, or uh, number, my number, number seven. seven number seven, Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to do your number seven stuff. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like he's one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the league at this point where he's he never has a huge performance, but he always does just enough to allow his team to win with a good defense. So he doesn't put – he, he – can get 280 yards a game, only throw one interception, and put his defense in an easy enough position to close out the game. And so, he's a winning quarterback, but not a stats quarterback. So, for my number seven, um, I want to put this guy in the top five, but I just can't, because uh, just looking at it, I mean, he only got to play eight games last season, but... uh, and he was basically he was on pace to to go for, for to throw for five thousand yards passing, um, but again with his uh, with his interceptions kind of um, being being a little high for eight games and um, the fact that he doesn't have anyone on on his squad to help him. I, I mean Matthew Stafford, uh, one of my one of my favorite players of all time, um, definitely some guy a guy who I think needs to to get out of uh, the Lions the Lions offense and, and join um, join a team that will actually build around him. Um, I just I just gotta give it to Matthew because um, he's he's definitely the bright spot in probably one of the least interesting teams to watch in the NFL. Alright, before I make my number seven or say my number seven QB, I gotta say Jimmy Garoppolo does not believe, deserve to be on this list. You can make the case with Tom Brady and Drew Brees that their careers were helped out by their genius offensive-minded coaches, but Jimmy Garoppolo is absolutely carried by Kyle Shanahan. All of his throws are like wide-open play-action passes. He just has to barely just think it over the middle or something to a slant to Debo Samuel, who's going to go like 50 yards because all the safeties are out of place because all the motion, pre-stop motion they do. So I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that good. But my number seven is Ryan Tannehill. You could say his job is made easier by Derrick Henry. Sort of, kind of, probably yes. Because Ryan Ryan Tannehill averages the most most yards per attempt, which is 9.6. And that's largely 
because the safeties have to play a little bit up to stop Derrick Henry. But he was at, he was completing 70% of his passes. He was being ultra accurate, and he wasn't turning the ball over last season. This is the guy who threw 90 yards in a playoff game that you're talking about, and they still won. <laughs> yeah, but the, thanks, the thanks, thanks for reminding me, Will. Thanks for reminding me, Will. Trust me. Last season, he was getting the ball to A.J. Brown and Corey Davis with complete accuracy. And don't forget, when they beat the Ravens, Ryan Tannehill had two great passes that got him out to a 14-0 lead that really put the Ravens in a little bit of a hole. Hole, sorry. So I think he's, you guys are underrating him a little bit and overrating Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, before we get into our number six, one quick omission. ESPN just announced that Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland will not return to the Monday Night Football booth this year, and they not will be re- they will be replaced surprised. internally. Booger was my Booger was my favorite though. Are you serious? He was bad. He was funny. I, um, he, was he was funny, but that doesn't mean he was good at his job. He was not good at his job. That's correct. And uh, I think it's safe to say that once Gruden left, and then Sean McDonough, who went to Syracuse, go Orange left as well, now works for the Boston Red Sox radio station. ESPN's Monday Night Football has uh, gone downhill. Might be a calling for me. Who knows? All right, my number six. Let's get into it. So I have a feeling that you three will all find this to be very, 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 very disappointing to hear. But my number six, who I have ranked kind of low, is Deshaun Watson. Bear with me. The dude, he's... He is unbelievably athletic, but at the same time has a bit of an interception problem. The dude threw 12 interceptions last year and threw a few more against the Chiefs and Bills in the playoffs. And that being for his offensive line, 12 interceptions is not that bad. I don't care. I don't care about the O line right now. But that being said, he is entering the biggest year of his career. No DeAndre Hopkins. He's entering far and away the biggest year of his career. Did. This will tell us how for real Deshaun Watson is among the league's elite QBs. If he can get the Texans back to the playoffs again, he's there. But if the Titans overtake them, and I honestly think they will, then either O'Brien's got to go or something else is going on. I mean, O'Brien's had to go for years now, but yeah. Uh, for my for my number six, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, who I feel like is also on the decline. I feel like a lot of people still see him as a top three quarterback, and I think that's absurd. Um, wait, Mike McCarthy was not the coach of the Packers last year, right? Yes. No, he was not. It was Matt Lafleur. And I I really hope that Aaron Rodgers would would go back to his old self once McCarthy was. Fired because McCarthy never used him properly, but he was the same old Aaron Rodgers from the last three years, in my opinion, just without the injury. What does same old Aaron Rodgers mean? That he, he threw for he threw for four thousand yards and uh, yeah, but he wasn't four interceptions. He used to throw like forty eight hundred yards a year, tons of touchdowns. And yeah, he's slightly been declining each year. Let's look at the NFL. Let's look at the NFL last year. Let's look at the NFL last year. There was not a single quarterback that that uh, was able to even hit that mark. And James um, Winston, it, except for except for Dak, Dak Prescott and James Winston. But you see, Dak Prescott and James Winston aren't 
they shouldn't be on our top tens because there's something more than just uh, than just getting passing yards now and then. Yeah, not to mention Prescott and Winston perfect. have two of the best offensive systems in football, and neither of them yes. could lead their teams to the playoffs. Not to mention that a lot of the Packers games this year, they got up by a lot early thanks to a big play from the defense and then barely won the game at the end of the game because they were stagnant the rest of the game. Still won the game. But that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't go against Aaron Rodgers. That goes against the Packers. I mean, and that's and that's why we're ranking the quarterbacks, not the systems. Still won so, the game. So I just don't feel like he has the same talent that he used to. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if he doesn't, he's still yeah. We all think he's a little bit higher ranked. I still, so, I still put him at number six. It's not like I put him outside. Yeah, well, I know, I know. But uh, my number six is going to kind of ruffle some feathers too. I, I put Drew Brees at number six, um, not because I don't think Drew Brees is shouldn't be higher, but uh, just seeing the guys on my list ahead of him. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees only got to play eleven games last year. Uh, kind of. Uh, of course, he's a strictly pocket passer. He can't. He can't really provide something that uh, four out of my top five can, and maybe Aaron Rodgers even can. Um, I I just don't see his game this year being at what it was. Just just uh, purely based on him. Of course, with the offense around him, he'll still have a good year, but he won't be a top five quarterback he'll be that number six guy who's uh i'm sure he'll be he'll be a, a, a great quarterback still but i don't see him finishing ahead of the, the five i have ranked ahead of him for my number six i'm gonna go with liam also i'm gonna say Deshaun watson i know i'm a texas fan but i'm pessimistic for this upcoming season we've got to if we're He's got a lot of talent, that's for sure, but the receiving core is not there. I don't know if David Johnson's going to be good. The offensive line is still a question mark. He, I'm just a little pessimistic. He, I feel like he's going to repeat this season. The Texans' division is much more difficult this year with the Colts and the Titans both making great offseason acquisitions, basically. And Becoming better teams, so and the, I think he's gonna have pretty much of a repeat of the season he just had, mostly because of the coach and the GM, Bill O'Brien. And I kind of want to add in the Jaguars still have a very good defense, and maybe now that they have firmly decided on a QB, Gardner Minshew mania, maybe they can rekindle some of that magic from it'll have been three years come this fall when they made the AFC Championship game, but. Will they? Probably not. More on that. That's a discussion for another time, though. My number five is a guy whom I consider to be underrated, and that is Russell Wilson. He was the first of the run-pass quarterback generation. He should have two Super Bowl rings. I'm happy he doesn't, though, because one of those rings ultimately went to New England. Even without the best receivers around him, I mean, you can give all the credit to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf you want. They aren't Elite, if you ask me. He still had a very good year, over 4,000 yards, only five interceptions. And that was a huge jump for him. He had never thrown fewer than seven in the past. Russell Wilson, first of the great run-pass quarterbacks. And quite frankly, if you ask me, he 
is just getting started. He's still got many more years of great run pass, of great, of excellence out of him. Um, for my number five, I gotta go with Drew Brees. Um, I understand what you're saying a little bit, Connor, about you don't see him quite being the same this year. But if you look at the games he did play last year, he was incredible. He managed to throw 27 touchdowns in just 11 games or whatever it was. And he continued to produce the same numbers that he used to. And he got Michael Thomas the most, helped get Michael Thomas the most receptions ever. He's clearly still as accurate as he was in the past. And I, I haven't seen any of the major signs of decline in him like I've seen in Tom Brady. That is that 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 is that is uh, that is true, and I uh, agree that there's definitely something that Drew Brees still has to offer. Uh, I guess I guess where my like difference in ranking comes in is uh, I'm going purely off the quarterback, and I'm trying not to have like bias towards the offensive system, uh, just because in that case I think it's a little unfair to a couple of these quarterbacks who are just incredible players, but at the well, same yeah, time, I think they're not. Ray and Liam were incredibly unfair to Deshaun Watson by kind of grading him based I, on the skills around him. Like, yeah, just I because understand. he has bad weapons doesn't mean that he's not as good of a quarterback. And I, I would say the same thing goes for, for Aaron Rodgers. But, I would say uh, the same thing goes for Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady, Tom, you Tom can't say the New England Patriots offense is a bad system. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would never say that in my – in all the years we've watched football, in all the time we've been alive, the Patriots have had, I mean, for, for most of the time we've watched them, just a dynamic offense. I mean, I was, ta- I, was still, I was only talking about last year's Patriots, though. Yeah, but I it it still had the same head system. coach, still had the same system going. Got a good field position from their defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, so that's why that's why I have to I have to argue a little bit with your point, Liam. Um, for no- my number five... Uh, I I want to put I want to put uh, Russell Wilson there. I, as much as I value the guy's uh, ability to uh, be a dynamic player for uh, the Seahawks, I just don't know if he necessarily qualifies to be uh, put higher on his skill and his skill alone. I would say his leadership. He's probably. For his leadership, he's right up there with Drew Brees on this list. But for his overall skill and his rank, ranking in the list, I'm putting him at number five because uh, because as, as much as you'd like to see him uh, improve as a pocket passer, as they don't want to rush with him as much anymore, um, you don't really see that uh, that 5,000-yard passing season. Instead, he's uh, – I mean, he's – He's still averaging good numbers, but he's uh, not really fulfilled that like great pocket passer mentality yet, and um, that's still a work in progress for him. And hopefully, he gets there, and we'll see if the Seahawks uh, really take off. But uh, right now, he's at my number five. Um, to Will's point, I'm kind of ranking my guys based off what I think their stats will be next season. We probably should have talked what we we're ranking them on before we did this but no no it's good we're ranking them it's good we're ranking them differently yeah it's good it's good so for my number five i'm gonna go with aaron Rodgers. so he's still i still think he's a top three qb talent wise but 
he's definitely declining, and plus, he still doesn't have any weapons. He has Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, and that's about it. We'll see if any of his other receivers make it a jump or anything like that, but I'm not sure if they will. But he's also, uh, leadership-wise, horrible. He's a diva, and he always complains to his rookie receivers that they're not running the route right or never takes the blame for himself. And also, he's a complete injury liability now in this stage of his career, unlike Tom Brady was. So, I, while he's still talented, I don't think he's going to have that great of an injury season next year. Well, he's kind of a, uh, a top five quarterback season, but not the top one that he should be at right now. Okay, my number four might ruffle a few feathers, given what he did last year, but I am skeptical, given what he did last year. And my number four is the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. He's kind of low. Well, the dude only threw for threw for less than 200, barely 200 yards a game, excuse me. Barely 200 yards a game, and I know, I know. He set the league re- record for rush yards by a quarterback, but the key statistic to me when you're talking about Lamar Jackson is a record, and that record is 0-2. That's his playoff record. Two games at home, two L's. Yeah, I know. Shocker, right? Well... He needs to improve his passing, and that's just the truth of the matter. He is a very, 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 very good runner, but he has to improve his passing if the Ravens are going to take the next step to the Super Bowl. And I think that, much like Deshaun Watson, this year is critical for Lamar Jackson because if the Ravens go out early in the playoffs again, or if they don't even make the playoffs, then skeptics will rise even further about Lamar Jackson's potential. Um. Liam may come to surprise to you, but I completely agree with you and also have Lamar Jackson as number four. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. Because I I personally think that if he doesn't improve his passer, his passing skills, the Ravens will not even make the playoffs next year. Because teams, as what happened with Michael Vick many years ago, teams figure out running quarterbacks. They learn how to stop them. Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to run for 1,200 yards every year like he did last year. He's obviously a very skilled runner, but quarterback runners can't have those amazing seasons every year, and I don't see Lamar Jackson doing the same stuff running-wise that he did last year. So he, he must improve his passing for the Ravens to be anywhere near being a Super Bowl contender. Well, uh, looks like my surprise isn't that much of a surprise. So I also have Lamar Jackson at number four. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, while, of course, I, I feel like he uh, his last season will put him in top threes for many, uh, something I have to mention that you guys have already mentioned is the running, the running uh, that defense is finding out how to stop his rush uh, game. And, of course, it's going to take – it's going to take a lot of uh, great defensive minds to come up with a, a plan because he's going to be just as dynamic as last year. Um, but my biggest thing is that he won't be as effective th- this next coming year. And um, while he'll still be 
my fourth r- ranked quarterback, he needs to definitely improve his passing, like Will was saying, in, in order for him to uh, get back into the top three. Well, would you believe it if I said my number four is also Lamar Jackson? <laughs> wow. Wow. I can't believe it. So here's the I, – I agree with you guys that, first of all, he's not going to be able to run as much as he did this year or last year, this year. Plus, you never know. There could be – if he keeps running, there could be injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, Mike, Michael saw, Vick, like saw, Will mentioned. Yeah. Well, what I saw in the draft is that they were just reinforcing what they already had. Instead of drafting maybe another big receiver to pair with the Marquise Brown or something like that, they drafted J.K. Dobbins, which is a great pick, but you're basically just having two marking rooms just improving your your run offense. So that's why I'm taking it as he's going to have a decline and he's not going to actually improve that much as a passer going into next season. And they're going to try to run the same offense, do the same things, Lamar Jackson with the uh, run up, run pass options and stuff like that. And plus they, they lost their second tight end, Hayden Hurst, who didn't do much because Mark Andrews was taking a lot of the passes. But they love to run those two tight end sets, and I'm not sure who the second tight end is going to be. So I think it's definitely going to be a decline for Mark, Lamar Jackson. He's not going to be an MVP front runner next year. And I think the uh, Ravens will make the playoffs, but I'm not, I don't think they can make a deep playoff run with the offense they run. Because once they get into a hole, it's pretty much over, as you saw against the Chiefs week three last year and against the Titans in the playoffs. All right, so my number – oh, and against the Browns in week four. Keep that in mind. My number three is a guy I think most of you have talked about earlier, and that is Aaron Rodgers. I still consider him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the game, even though he's been on the decline, because much like Tom Brady, he had – Close to nobody last year, except for Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. I mean, Alan Lazard is the only other guy I can mention from the Packers' weaponry. Oh, Jimmy Graham, too, but he's nowhere near as good as he used to be. Quite frankly, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Whether you like what Matt LaFleur and Mike McCarthy have done with him or not, he's still found a way to win. And he is a diva, doesn't want a way that's not his, and... If he can, I don't know, put his differences aside from that of those of Matt LaFleur and his offensive weapons, Green Bay could make another Super Bowl run within the next few years. Will they? Probably not, but they can. Um, at my number three, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, who two of you bashed slightly earlier. Oh, yeah, we I did. Feel like, I feel like... His skills are absolutely incredible and unmatched in the NFL. He creates offense out of absolutely nothing with the bottom three offensive line and the worst coach in the NFL. He has as more obstacles than anyone else in the NFL, and he manages to create 4,000-yard seasons and a bunch of touchdowns and a playoff run out of it. I think he's just incredible for what he has. It sounds like I'm going to be ranking... Um him the highest actually because my number three is Aaron Rodgers also like Liam um, I just feel like he's definitely still a top three talent um, as much as you want to point to like his decline last season even though he had a new head coach and 
to be honest, I mean, being a quarterback in Green Bay is not an easy task. I, I don't feel like Green Bay is the perfect perfect place to be a, a quarterback, and um, especially with their uh, their inability to to bolster his uh, his weapons like they have in the past. So I definitely I definitely feel like uh, Aaron Rodgers still still a great still elite. Um, and we'll have to see what this year holds. But I, I have a feeling he's going to be back to what you were saying, Will, with a little bit more of a, uh, a 4,800 passing yard season at least. And we'll hopefully see that happen. Bold. So my number three, I got Drew Brees. And I agree with Will. I didn't really see a, a huge decline in Drew Brees in the games he played last year. And he's still got, he's still got weapons, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. A good offensive line. He's got Latavius Murray also as a running back. And you can see one of his games last season, he completed 29 of 30 passes. So he's clearly still a, a great, he still has great accuracy. And I think he's going to have a great season that's coming up this year. All right. Uh, coincidence or not, Jay, Drew Brees is my number two. I mean, you guys have all said it. He hasn't shown the signs of decline the way Brady and Rodgers have. He's completed at least 70% of his passes the past four years, and the past three years he has come inches away from taking it one step further. Minneapolis miracle, no call, and the overtime loss to the Vikings last year. You you could make the argument that the Saints could have won should have won at least all three of those games. They definitely should have won one. But as for the other two, you could easily make the argument they should have won. So Drew Brees hasn't gotten that second Super Bowl yet. I think he is quickly running out of time, and we don't even know it. So, quite frankly, I think that this is the year it's do or die for Drew Brees, and I think he will be up to the challenge. Because that receiving his weapons, Michael Thomas, Salvin Kamara, Jared Cook, still in the elite class. Yep. Liam, was that your number two? It was my number two. Okay, yeah. Um, so, at my number two, I've got to go with who I think is... Um, the second best all-around quarterback in the NFL, my the best one would be my number one, and that would be Russell Wilson, because I feel like he's clearly still very mobile. He can run the ball when he needs to and can throw passes outside the pocket. He creates a lot of time, so no matter the offensive line, he's as good as anyone out there at creating time to throw the ball. He's one of the best most accurate passers for both deep passes and short passes, and he's one of the most efficient players in the NFL. I feel like Russell Wilson is as underrated as any quarterback because people never seem to think of him as a potential MVP or potential top quarterback in the NFL, and I feel like he'll continue to prove himself next year. Okay. To your point, he's he's definitely in the conversation for MVP. Well, I, I feel like he's in the conversation for MVP every year, and he's. Uh, I didn't really hear anything about him the past two years. Last year, <laughs> last year he I was hearing stuff runner. about him. He, he was, was a front runner in the first half of the of the season. I, he was really he was yeah. He was absolutely dominant. It was him in the first and, half. And then some maybe Jackson. Yeah, it was him and Lamar. Yeah. yeah, and so and so that's where, I mean, I the reason why I took him lower than my number two, which is Deshaun Watson, is because. Uh, of course, leadership, I think, 
uh, Russell Wilson blows Deshaun Watson out of the water because of his uh, already kind of veteran appearance, even though he hasn't, you know, uh, he's not as old as some of the other, like, great QBs that are in the league. But the reason why I chose Deshaun Watson is just looking at his stats, um, something that comes very close to uh, what my number one guy is, uh, except for one category, which is interceptions. Now, um, the biggest thing on the interception mark is that, uh, like Will was talking about, there's absolutely no offensive line for him. And um, and another point is that the, the wide receivers that are in the game, are besides Hopkins, have been uh, either extremely, extremely young and experienced guys or uh, guys who we kind of got for, for a low-dollar low steal. Um, there really hasn't been a offense where Deshaun Watson has been given um, the same capabilities as my other top five guys. So, um, so to this point, I, I have to put him at number two just because of his uh, his like fierceness in the game, but also his I, I would say arguably uh, great skill as he uh, has been compared to the Michael Jordan in a football, which I think is a interesting nickname it's a bit of a stretch by what it's a bit of a stretch if you ask me it was it was given to him by his uh, when his time at clemson and uh, i don't know he still has a very long time in the nfl and hopefully a long time with the texans so for my number two i gotta go with russell wilson also i agree with will i think he is the second best all-around quarterback. I think he's one of my like prototypes I would choose as a quarterback because he's a pocket passer who doesn't actually look to run. Even though he's a fast quarterback, he doesn't look to run first. He only uses his legs to extend plays and then look downfield, which is what I love about Russell Wilson. And he's this upcoming season, he's got DK Metcalf coming in his second season. Tyler Lockett, who just had one of the great comeback seasons last year and Chris Carson and Rashad Penny also so he's gonna put up great numbers next year and I think this will be a year he finally wins MVP okay well on uh, that note I'm gonna guess we all I think it goes without saying who all of our number ones are yeah well it's, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to rank in the NFL without going with the uh, maybe one of the great quarterback performances of last season and uh, and someone who was actually uh, traded up for and a lot of people were skeptic uh, yeah a lot of people were skeptical about him too a little skeptical of it and of course we saw him in college have some pretty like amazing seasons but he didn't come from a from a a top school yeah he came came Texas Tech he, he came from a school where you know a lot of people don't even watch their football I didn't I, I had never known that they were that good. I just knew that they would pass for a trillion yards, and because they were playing against all these uh, not great. Whoa! Schools, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, they were like six and six or something playing against pretty decent. Schools. Isn't Texas Tech yeah, in they, your conference, Connor? The Big Twelve. They, they, they weren't. Are, they are they weren't as, good. They just. They are not as like. They're not. What I'm saying is, they're not a like a team where it has a, either a historic pedigree or it's. Or they're like always on the on, always on the television for the for the primetime game. Oh no! Uh, of course, we haven't even mentioned the guy's name yet, which is Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Uh, 
and I think we all can say the same things about him. He's uh, not only the best all-around quarterback, but he's he's shown that he's uh, someone that you can't underestimate, and he'll get it done when uh, when he needs to. And so that's why, and of course, everyone else has something to say about him. So, uh, so. yeah, in all three of the playoff games during the Chiefs Super Bowl run, divisional game, twenty-four nothing against the Texans. Uh, AFC Championship seventeen to seven against the Titans. Super Bowl twenty to ten against the Forty ers He was faced. He faced the double digit deficit in all three games and won all three of them. Yeah, I mean the the like scoring fifty points in a row against the Texans pretty much proves his excellence. No, it's not horrible. horrible. The Texans yeah. are. <laughs> Let me just say. Let me just say. When it's all said and done, I think Patrick Mahomes will be the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry, nah. Well, if he wins, if he wins, if he wins three Super Bowls, he's better than Tom Brady. If he wins three, yes, yes. The number of Super Bowls doesn't automatically make you. A good. Hold on, he needs to. He needs to play. He needs to play at this level for. Uh, about yeah, he needs to play at this level for another fifteen years if he's going to even be in the consideration. Eight years yeah, because he's actually been better than Tom Brady. So yeah, far, I, Liam, I would say eight years stuff. because his time his time window is probably going to be smaller than Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a very interesting is is a unique player and he will always be one of the greatest of all time and he is the greatest of all time right now. But um, but we have to we have to give Patrick Mahomes some credit where it's due and his just it, it, no one has taken the league by storm like this since arguably Tom Brady and even Tom Brady didn't take the storm, uh, the league by storm. Like Patrick Mahomes has. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, is is are we are we wrapping it up? Yeah, I think uh, we are. Well, that well, folks, that's all we have for today. I'm Connor Asgary. I'm Jay West. I am Will Artson. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank the guys for joining. Hopefully, the first of many around the horn style discussions today. And thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Be sure to tune in next week for our breakdown of the top 10 active shortstops and point guards. Please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, stay home, and stay positive. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, and we will see you next week.